Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, my website, journeyofpossibilities.com. Each week, we get to have what I think are absolutely the most interesting conversations on the planet about holistic and spiritual living. Both the show and website are made possible by Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance. Mario, there's so many ways you can help our listeners. Tell us about it. Thank you, Cheryl. You know, one of the other things that I hear a lot about is SEO, social media, even YouTube. Maybe you don't want to pay those $400 or $500 bills for SEO. Maybe you just need to know how SEO works. I can help you with that. Or you just need to upload a YouTube video because, you know, everybody's doing it. Rather than buying a marketing expert to do this for you, I can show you how to do that in plain English. I don't have to give you all the techno babble that goes along with all that. The other part that I can help you out, social media. A lot of people are pushing Facebook. A lot of people are pushing Twitter. What's right for you? I can help you figure that out. I empower you to your solutions that work for you, not work for me. Reach me at MarioRosales.net or TechLifeBalance.net. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Mario and I are excited to announce the fourth Sunday Conscious Couples series. Do you happen to be in a conscious romantic relationship? Those can be very unique. (laughs) It's like, you know, before maybe I used to be able to get away with saying it's the other person's fault and I wish they'd quit doing that. They're driving me crazy. But when you're conscious, all of a sudden, all roads come right back to the self, right? So we thought, what a great way to create a group of conscious couples that can talk about the challenges and the triumphs and the beauty and the pitfalls of conscious coupling. That's exactly what we're offering, and it starts this month, the fourth Sunday of every month from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Join us on Zoom from wherever you are in the world. There's details on my website, journeyofpossibilities.com, on the events page. Hope to see you there. And now for today's guest. Rana Zia is an author and former corporate CFO whose book, Your Hidden Light, is a personal guide to creating your desired life. Rana's journey of self-realization and spirituality led her to synthesize some ancient spiritual wisdom into practical tips for us to consciously create the lives that we want. You can learn all about it on her website, yourhiddenlight.com. Welcome, Rana. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's truly a pleasure. And I thoroughly enjoyed your book. So I can't wait to jump into that in a few minutes. But I'd love to hear how you came to this place in your life where you went from 
a very corporate focus to, to diving into spirituality as you did. Could you share that with us, please? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first I want to say all of this was quite unexpected. Um, you know, I had been in finance all my career, uh, climbing the corporate ladder, really, really enjoying what I was doing. And back in 2012, when I reached my career mind milestone of becoming a CFO, um, it was in the ex exact location where I wanted to go. It was the exact job. It was uh, the perfect opportunity. And that same year when all of that happened to me, uh, there was a feeling inside of me that made me think, did I just manifest this? And it was just this thought that there was something that I had done to create this positive, you know, wonderful news that actually happened quite unexpectedly in my life. And in that moment um, of A, accepting the job and moving the family across country, I also started to feel something in my heart that was telling me, look, Rana, if you can create this in your life, what else can you create for yourself? And can you create a life very different than what you, you've been doing for the last 20 years and something that's a lot more fulfilling? And so that sort of gnawing at me, and it was literally in the heart center, was really, really pushing me. Now, the frustration was that I didn't know what I was supposed to do, right? I've been doing one thing for, for my entire career, and I didn't know what it was, but I was really, really determined to figure out what my purpose was. And so that became my journey of literally just exploring. I started to read a lot of self-help books. I went to the conferences, the workshops. Um, I was fortunate to have a personal coach through work, a leadership coach, who was supporting me in my personal journey. And so, you know, I thought I was going to go down the path of something related to business, right? That seems logical. Um, but the more that I started reading and really starting to discover myself, and I started to come across like, you know, all of this material around our, our true power to manifest. And the more I dug into it, the more it led me down a spiritual path. And that really was my journey. And I was following it. You know, along this journey, I started to get this creative urge that I need to take all this information and, and to synthesize it in one place. And I'll be honest with you, this idea of writing, writing a book um, never, ever occurred to me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but and it was this really interesting, strange feeling because it was a creative urge. I'd never had that before, a creative urge to actually put pen to paper and to write a book. So all of it was very um very unusual for me, but I decided follow it to trust in it. And it was very scary. Um, but sometimes you just can't say no, right to your yeah. calling. And so I, I took the leap and just put pen to paper. And when I did, all the words flew out. Um, <laughs> it took me two months to write, you know, I still look at it today and say, wow, you know, I can't believe I wrote this, but it was everything I needed. Uh, to be honest with you. And and I'm so happy to share it with everybody because it was something that just rang so true for me um, and really helped me in my life. And I'll tell you right now, if anything, this book is um, continues to help and support me and, and to nourish and, and, and help my life. So um, so it was a gift to myself, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that the best way to write? Like, let me write something that if I had been able to buy this, this would have made all the difference in the world. And you write that and that's the thing that you get to give. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I tell myself <laughs> that, look, I wish I had this as a, as a kid and how fortunate I am to be able to share it with my children. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I have to point out the the synchronicity here. T- 2012 really is like when the planet was supposed to have undergone this massive shift and you just happen to have this thing in 2012 where you realize, I love that. So that's a neat Yeah, timeline. and honestly, like that was, that had always been going in my head too, right? It's like, okay, there is something up with 2012 uh, because I'm feeling something energetically. And it's really interesting because I never said the word energy prior to 2012. I never <laughs> used that word. I never thought in those terms. And then literally something started to shift, right? And something started to open up and I could feel energies and I could see things differently. And I made it, it made me so curious and it was actually so fascinating. Um, you know, and, and to me, this whole journey has been about opening and awakening myself to this world that is so much more than the physical world, right? And when you open yourself up to this, to this other, you know, sort of metaphysical space and that everything is connected, I feel like it's made me realize that life is so much more exciting than I ever thought it was. Absolutely. Yes, that's the right word, exciting, because it is all connected. And we think that there's like a business world and a spiritual world and this world and that world, and it's all the same world. And it's just different ways that we can experience it. So I think that's beautiful the way you put that. You did mention, to me at least, off air, I believe that your background, you are Indian by origin? I am, yes. And India is a very spiritual place. So did you kind of have this deep-seated spirituality all along, or was it just something that you were tapping back into? (laughs) You know what? Maybe yes and yes to both. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you that, you know, our family, we're Muslim. Um, So that's our religion, right? So it is not... Um, of the sort of, you know, the, the Eastern religions of Hinduism and, and things that you sort of associate with, you know, these concepts of spirituality. Right. Um, and, and so all of these ideas were actually new to me. But I would say that as a child, I've always considered myself spiritual in the sense that, you know, believing in, in a God and a greater force and that we're all connected, we're all the same, we all believe in the same things. Um, and I, I could never really understand religion in terms of sort of the, the negative divisive aspects of it. So I already had those sort of thoughts in my head and I always considered myself more spiritual, um, you know, but, and it is, you know, it, it's interesting cause I say I'm from India and people sort of assume, you know, I come from, you know, more of like say Hinduism, et cetera, but. Nope. Well, and shame on me for stereotyping. I sit here and tell people about that all the time and then I do it. So forgive me for that because I really did just make an assumption there. And I think it's beautiful the way that you responded. So I'm kind of glad that I did because it led you to share that it's it's kind of all the same. Religion is about the division and Mm -hmm. it's it should be about the spirit. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's all just different flavors of the same thing. So you went into kind of a more spiritual exploration stage in your life. And what did that look like? How did you come to synthesize all of these ancient wisdoms together into your book? Did you just go into studying them for a time? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I I was so determined to figure out what my purpose was. And I was honestly thinking, okay, you know, it could be anything. And I kept thinking it was probably business related. And so I was really looking for what is the most efficient way to achieve what I want to achieve when I figure out what what it is I'm supposed to achieve, right? And so I knew it had something to do with 
aligning myself internally. I knew it had something to do with my belief system, my thoughts, all of those things. Because once those, once I started reading about those concepts, they did ring true, true for me. And through my own experiences, I understood that these were truths. But I also understood that there, there was a way that I could be more disciplined in it. And I was really, really looking for, let's say, the shortcut, right? <laughs> and so I'll be honest, I'm like, and you know, that was sort of my business hat too, my, my finance hat. It's like, how do you get this done in the most efficient and effective manner, right? right? And so I had that hat on and I was determined to figure out how, you know, how does this whole world work? Like, how does this universe work? And, and how can, and how can I operate in this way in the most effective manner? So through reading different books and, and taking different pieces of information that, you know, I never thought about it that way. And that feels true. I started collecting things um, in my, in my head. And then I came to the point of, wow, okay, I do believe that we create our reality. I, I do understand that we have the ability to manifest, but then I wanted to know why, you know, I'm like, why, why can I do this? Why can people I know do this? Like, you know, what's driving this? And that's where it led me down the spiritual path and, and to this realization that everything in this physical world comes from the spiritual world. It's connected. You create it first in the spiritual world for it to manifest in the physical world. Um, and so that's what really led me down that, that path. It was just the question of why does this work? Um, and it's been such an incredible journey because I've gone from this place of just this, you know, how do I get what I want, right? How do I get <laughs> what I want to opening my heart up, um, and my spirit up that I feel like I'm, I'm, um, it's almost like the foundation is being built again. You know, I'm getting what I, what I need. You know, my, my heart is so much more joyful. My, my family foundation is so much more happy. And so it's almost like building back up to this core of who, who we really truly are. And once that is strong, then, then yeah, you can add on to that with like whatever else you wish, you know, that you want to experience in this lifetime. Um, so so, so that was really my journey, right? I love how your financial background has caused you to be so practical about this. So now there's movies and there's, you know, 12-week coaching programs and there's all these different things that you can do to learn how to be, a be, be better at manifestation. Esther Hicks, or Esther Hicks channeling Abraham and doing the law of attraction. All of this stuff has been going on for, for quite a few years now. And you have synthesized all this down into like 153 pages and it is just as practical and direct and straightforward as you are. It's here's what you need to know. Here's how you could do it. You've got practical tips in here. Number one, number two, number three, try this. So I really like the way you laid it out. I think your background helped to prepare you to write a book that's just easy to follow and a nice little pocket handbook for everybody on how to manifest the life they want. How would you tell somebody to, to start? Like, what's the first thing we need to do when we're thinking about trying to manifest and going from most of us think about what is already like, well, I have this, I have this in the bank. I have this in my house. I have this in my life. I have this. We think about what is, how do we make that shift into what will be energetically? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, if people start, yeah, and most people do start with what is, I would say energetically, the best way to align yourself up with something positive, right? Something that you want, you always want something positive, is to go through what is, but what is what is it that you are grateful for, right? So 
the things that you already have today, what is it that you love about what you have today? What are the things that you're grateful for? And once you do that, you automatically get into a space of of feeling good, right? That that vibration, that energy, that positive energy. And and, and we know right through through my book and through all these authors that, you know, the law of attraction and you need to elevate your your energy and your vibration in order to attract something at that level. So if you're stuck in where in what is, find what is good in what is and feel that first. And then from that space of feeling good or even feeling neutral is when you can start to build those thoughts of what is it that I want, right? Without necessarily attaching to it, but you, it's always tapping into the feelings within your body. And, and that I feel like is key. And that is what I feel like the most, most important tool that I have found that has been completely life-changing has been meditation. Because yes. medita- yeah, because meditation disciplines your mind and your ability to calm yourself, right? To get to that space of neutrality, or even get to that space of of joy and gratitude. And from that space is the only space to be in to actually create something that's that um, that is a benefit to you. I completely agree with you. I could not agree more. And even if you can't yet meditate more than like five minutes. Spending the extra time in gratitude, the more time I spend in gratitude, the more abundant my life becomes. And it's ironic because it feels more abundant even before anything ever changes, just because I'm focusing on what's good instead of what I'm frustrated about, right? And then yeah. the more I do that, the more I raise my energy with that that gratitude, and the more doors start to open and the more things start to shift. And then spending time in meditation to just really settle into that higher vibrational frequency is such a beautiful way to, to kind of solidify solidify it, right? To anchor into it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the one most, you know, for me, the most beneficial um, understanding or knowledge that I gained throughout my process was that, look, you know, we're all so used to working, right? Working, working hard. And we've been told you got to work hard, you know, to (laughs) to be a success. You got to be work hard, right? And back in my career, I decided one day I didn't want to work so hard, but I could still be a success, right? So, you know, it really is about what you decide and what you believe for yourself. And so what I realized, yeah, there is, there is hard work that we all need to do, but the hard work, the work, the real work is our internal work. Because if you can do that work, then your external work actually feels easy, feels more enjoyable, and it's not as, you know, so-called difficult. And so what I believe and what I, you know, what I try to emphasize is that, you know, the real work is the self-discipline. And so I know it's hard to start a meditation practice. But if you knew that, look, if I can just spend the time working on this, like every morning I'll start five minutes and then go to 10 minutes and I I put that effort in, you'll start to see these magical, like you said, these magical benefits in your external reality. You know, I I see it's like going to the gym, right? You're going to go work out because you want to get a fit body, right? So if you're disciplined enough to go work out every day, you're going to see the benefits. And with meditation, if you're disciplined enough to start to get into that practice, you're going to see more, even greater benefits. 
Yes, you are. And it's so funny that we put up such a struggle around sitting with ourselves. We want everybody else to come be with us and love us and whatever, but we don't want to sit with our own selves. So maybe there's something there to look at, right? Like, yeah, why can't yeah. I sit with me for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? And it is, you know, some people tell me, well, I can't get my mind to stop racing. And that's probably why, because if we don't slow down, it almost becomes like we're trying to keep up with our mind and then our mind is trying to keep up with us and it becomes the gerbil in the wheel. And that meditation is stepping out of all of that and just, just giving it all a rest. And it feels so good, especially first thing in the morning, taking that time for ourselves. Is that when you meditate? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I remember when I started it and how my work life changed, you know, it's just incredible, like to be able to sit and to quiet your mind and even set an intention. I think that's really important is saying, you know, I, I intend to have a really productive day, quieting the mind in any form of meditation. The easiest is our guided meditations and then just letting it go. And I would walk into work and I would have the most productive day, you know, even if it's before a meeting, um, it's being able to sort of set an intention and let your mind just settle. And it's incredible the, you know, what you can create. And, And so for me, it's like the moment I started doing it and would see how I could shift things by, by setting intentions, quieting the mind I never wanted to think again. (laughs) I'm like, what's the point of thinking? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of ironic. I love that you brought up intention and I'm going to get to that in a second, but it's it, what you're talking about is kind of that aha when we realize that we've been so busy kind of struggling to hang on to all the details and all the information so that we get it right, right? That our little self wants to get it all right. And then when we let go and surrender, wisdom can flow through us. And that is so much more profound than anything we could have brought to that meeting to get it all right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that was so easy. I want to do that every time, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, you know, I would joke about like, I don't like thinking. (laughs) Yeah, I thinking. You know, I don't (laughs) like to do it. Because those times like even like, you know, even when I would drive to work, I would just practice, like, I would have the radio off, and I would just practice driving to work, just concentrating on just driving what I was doing, and just trying to keep my mind quiet. And every once in a while, a thought would pop into my head, and you could observe that thought, and I would, and I would say, oh my gosh, why am I thinking that? It's not even relevant, and it's kind of stressing me out. And then you'd let the thought, push the thought away. And I think just even keeping my mind quiet on the way to on the way to work and not thinking again would shift things in my day. And so, you know, there and it, that's the meditative mind, right? So when you have thoughts, the the thoughts cuz I was observing those thoughts that would pop in, they were just thoughts that would make me worry, that would make my body tense that you know, it was a problem that needed to be solved, but really didn't need to be solved. And so I think it's so important for people, you know, because it was for myself to really know what's in our heads, right? What, what are, what are my thoughts? What are those chatters? And, and are they really helping me right now? Do I really need to be thinking them right now? Yes. Because, because most likely you don't, right? You don't. And we spend how many hours a day chasing around after these thoughts that are just 
nothing, right? I mean, they're just like, they're, they're possibilities that don't become any more than that until we give them more energy. And that's the whole thing is like, am I reacting to my mind chatter all day and giving energy to things that don't need my energy? Or am I learning to observe and pick and choose and go, oh, now that, that deserves my energy right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. It's like, once you start to really tune into yourself and you like, and it becomes like almost this internal battle where it's like, I want to take my mind off that thought. How do I shift it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like that you've brought up a couple of things. If anybody who's listened to this show anytime at all knows that I've had quite a shamanic type journey for the last several years. So I pick up on these things that resonate with shamanism. And you mentioned the power of intention. And you also talk about the power of stories in your book. And those are very shamanic things to discuss. Tell me, uh, tell listeners actually a little bit about what you talk about the power of story in your book, because that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, stories are, are words, essentially, right? They're, they're words they're, that are attached to your thoughts and to your belief systems. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I talk about in the book, you know, we're, we as humans so energetically get tapped in, into really good stories, right? When you're watching <laughs> Netflix, you're going to the to the movies. I like Netflix Netflix as an example because I've been guilty of this where you're just watching a series and you're binge watching, <laughs> right? Till like I like till one or two AM. Yes, I've done this before. Because you're just so in the story and you just can't get out of it. Yes. And there are times when I've watched stories and then it gets too much for me and I say I don't want to be in this story anymore and I get out of it. So essentially, we're just pouring all of our energy right into somebody else's story. And so I talk about the most important story is your life story, right? And so when you go into somebody else's story, you're avoiding your own life story, right? It's a break. It's a, it's, you know, a way to relax. It's, it's a fantasy life. But how often do we think about our own life story and the stories we tell other people? Yes. And, you know, I've found myself, you know, for some reason, I think a lot of us do this. It's like when you talk about your own life story, sometimes you feel like you can relate to somebody else by talking about a negative part of your life story and in a negative way or a part of your life story in a negative way. And you've got to think about, you know, the stories that you tell are words and they're attached to the thoughts and they're powerful. It's energy. And if you want to create something new and wonderful for your for yourself, create a story about your life and tell it in a way that that supports you, that's positive, that's constructive. Um, And so that's what I feel like is so powerful about, you know, people's stories. And so you can think about a story, something that happened to you um, in the past, like you got fired. You know, it could be a story of like, I got fired. I, I, you know, my boss was awful. The company's terrible. And you're pouring all these sort of negative emotions into that. Well, that doesn't serve you. You can see the other side of that story and say, you know what? That was a good thing that it happened because I needed a change. I didn't like that environment. You know, there's, there's, there's a better opportunity for myself out there. This was, you know, this was actually meant to happen to support me. And so that completely shifts your energy into something positive, into into something productive. And then the universe supports that positive story and gives you more positive things. So storytelling, I think, is um, really, really, really important when you think about your own life stories. 
Absolutely. And how often do we get focused on some trauma that happens to us, like we go through a disaster or we're having financial disaster or whatever's going on in our lives, and that becomes what we talk about all the time. And we just keep asking the universe unconsciously for more and more of that because we're talking about it all the time. And it's the last thing we want is more trauma, right? But we're kind of stuck in that story. So I love that you actually have an exercise in your book of how to rewrite that story because that's powerful. You're right. It's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are certain things that we're just not all taught, right? And, and, you know, that there is power in our words. There's absolutely power in our words. And we have to be very conscious of what we say. And if we desire certain things in our life that are obviously positive, we got to speak in that manner. And and we got to, you know, we've got to basically direct the universe to where we want to go. And we can do that. We do that through our energy. Our words are energy. You can do it through our thoughts, our beliefs. It's all energy. And we as humans, right, we, ha- we have to, our work is to consciously direct that in, in, in that positive way. And, and that is challenging, right? That is challenging for us. But that's what I believe our work is. I agree. So I have to ask you and listening to this conversation, I'm kind of grinning over here. Have you had anybody come up to you and say, you know, Rana, you seemed like this really grounded woman, you were in finance, and now you're kind of way out there in this woo woo stuff. Has anybody kind of confronted you about that? No, they haven't. But I'm sure they're thinking it. You know, I'm sure they're thinking it. When I went on this whole journey, I don't see as many as, um, you know, the people that I, I used to work with. And but it's so funny, because that's, that was definitely in the back of my mind in a big way when I was doing this, right? It's this whole idea of like, what are they all going to think about me? Yeah, you know, it's the negative um, sort of mindset, right? right? I was like, I was afraid of what other people were going to think of me. And I had to overcome that fear because I, I knew it. I'm like, here it comes up. Oh my God. You know, I talk about this stuff that you have to assess your negative beliefs. And here I am, you know, with this feeling of Mm -hmm. what's everybody going to think about me. And I had to just get over that. Right. I had to work on getting over that, but no, so far, no one's, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I've had kind of people look at me like family members who've read the book who, who who are not quite sure what to say, but (laughs) Well, you mentioned getting over what are people going to think, and that's actually a big one for probably so many of us, whether it's about a relationship we're having or what we're doing with business-wise or whatever life choice it is, our our spiritual path, our monetary path, where we choose to live, what we choose to do. Almost all of us face that in some area of our life, and that is a healing journey for all of us. So what strategies around the very tips that you teach in your book have you embraced? Embrace that have most helped you let go of worrying about what those people think of you? Oh, yeah. No, that, gosh, that is a great question. You know, I'm trying to put myself back in that place of, of that. Uh, you know, for, number one, it's first to identify it, right? And, and for, to have that self-awareness to identify what's holding you back. You know, why, why, what are you feeling right now? Why are you afraid? Why can't you move forward? And for me, it was just the ability to identify it and to know okay, I cannot move forward successfully if I'm going to let this fear hold me back. 
Right. And for me, honestly, it, it was literally probably taking my wa- dog out for a walk, <laughs> you know, <laughs> walking on the streets, you know, by the trees and by nature and relaxing myself, getting myself into, into, um, you know, meditating and relaxing and, and building this belief in what was in my heart, right, is trusting my heart over my head. So it was literally doing practices like meditation to take myself out of my head and put myself back in, into my heart space. Um, because, there, you know, I just had this knowing that, look, that is the biggest thing that holds people, one of the biggest things that, hold people, that holds people back is caring about what other people think, right? Yes. And so for me, for me, what I did, I think a lot of sort of meditation and being patient with myself um, was really important to say, okay, if I'm going to get over this hump, I need to be patient. I need to believe in myself. I need to believe what's in my heart and I need to follow it and take all this mind, like all this mind, negative mind chatter out of my, out of my head. I love that you shared that that way, step by step. That's easy to follow. And it's so relatable for all of us. We all go through it. And yes, it is the thing that will hold us back from our dreams. And at some point, I think we all come to a crossroads where it's like, you know what, no matter what happens, my dream is more important than what might happen, right? And that's the point where we shift the thought pattern and we create the dream instead of creating the fear. And that's exactly the crux of your book. So that's very powerful stuff to share with us. Thank you. And it's good to hear that even an author around that kind of creating from your power goes through those challenges. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, this book helped me write the book. I'll tell you that. Because, <laughs> you know, I was going through fear. I was going through all that. And I would be writing about fear. And it was helping me move through over the fear. The one other thing I did want to mention, it's funny, because, um, it, you know, the whole thing about caring what other people think, because that was a big one for me. Um, it's just the, also the realization that nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, what makes me think that everybody's like, you know, spending all their time thinking about me? Nobody's thinking about me, right? And so for me, it was just that. Except, you know, of course, your, <laughs> your spouse or your children, but... <laughs> No, that's exactly right. I mean, (laughs) that's exactly right. But that's the ego. That's the interesting role of the ego. The ego wants to be the most important thing in the universe. And it's like, okay, well, that's really sweet. But really, here's where we are. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So I had to keep reminding myself. Nobody's really thinking of you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I love it. Well, one more thing I want to touch on quickly. Time is moving so fast in this interview. I can't believe it. But you had a really nice chapter on the power of feelings and the importance of feelings in this whole manifestation thing. You talked about a little bit with that gratitude, but you want to go into that a little more for us? Yeah. And the overall power of feelings. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, feelings... um, you know, they're an amazing tool, amazing tool. And you know that, I mean, the feel, your feelings are your physical manifestation of what you're thinking. And so sometimes you don't really know what you're thinking, but you know what you're feeling. You know, if you're feeling happy, you know, if you're feeling afraid. And so really the, the main, um, you know, thing that I wanted to talk about around feelings is, look, there's a spectrum, right? A spectrum of negative feelings to positive feelings. And when you're in the, the top part of feelings, right? You're feeling positive, you're feeling gratitude, you're feeling love. In that space, you're you're in a higher vibration, you feel really good. And from that space, you're more easily able to manifest things in your life. 
Now, the problem is that, look, we are, we all feel negative emotions. You know, we can feel anger, fear, jealousy. I talk specifically about fear and jealousy because I think, you know, those are such powerful negative energies that really hold people back from achieving things that they want. So you can take that energy because energy also is power and you can use that to your benefit. You can use fear to your benefit because you can just think about fear as, okay, I'm feeling fear. And this would happen to me. I'm feeling really a fear of like, I'm writing this book. I've, I've left, you know, my old corporate world. I feel a lot of fear, but you can take that fear and, and shift that energy into something that was productive. So when I felt fear, I would shift it into focus. And I would just say, you know what? I'm going to just not feel fear. I'm going to focus completely on writing. Because the fear energy will stop you, right? Fear is stopping you. But you can take that energy and shift it into anything that serves you. Anything. And, and to benefit you. So know that all emotion is energy. You can take negative energy and shift it into something that is productive and positive. And jealousy was something else I talked about um, because I think I, I learned this lesson, you know, way back when, when I used to feel jealousy a lot, you know, back in school where I was jealous of so-and-so and so-and-so. And I realized that because I was feeling that way, nothing was going my way. And I came to realize there was something energetically with that. So anytime I would feel um, jealousy, I would shift it into love. You know, if someone told me they had something that I, I wished I had in my life, I would feel those feelings of jealousy come up and I would quickly shift it and use my words and tell that person, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. I'm so happy for you. And I did that as a practice. And the more I did it, the more I actually meant it. I actually felt it for that person. And when I started to do that, all those good things would come to me. Right. So you can take this energy that you that is negative and and shift it and you can shift it through through love, through gratitude or just through um, putting it into something that you're doing. That is something that is important to you that you're doing. So, like, I, you know, energy, I feel as feelings and emotions, I, I believe, are just such powerful tools of, of gaining some insight into yourself. And once you have that awareness, you can, you know, not every time because we're human, but at, at more times than often, you can you can just shift it into something that's going to serve you. That is such great advice, because how often do we try and make the feeling go away? Oh, I'm feeling jealous, and I shouldn't be feeling jealous, and I don't want to feel jealous. And, and that's really futile, because you're right, it's energy, and energy can't be created or destroyed. It can just be changed. So right, right. that's fabulous advice to just change that energy and redirect it into something constructive. So thank you for sharing that. I love your book. There's great chapters in here. There's literally how to create is a chapter. Everything is a choice. Choose your story. Question reality. These are fabulous topics. It's like how to take the, the quantum self into the business world or any other aspect of your life and really create what you want. So I, I so appreciate you being with us. Before we close, I'd like to ask if you have a parting thought for our listeners today. Oh, a parting thought. I would say, you know, the best parting thought I can give is, you know, take a moment and and really sort of take inventory on everything that is wonderful in your life because we don't do it often enough. And I'm so seeing the benefit of doing that and just to be really grateful for your friends, your family, 
um, and feel that joy in your heart. And that's my, my parting gift is discover the, the magic of gratitude. Um, yeah. And that's it. And so thank you so much, Cheryl. It's like, I'm so happy that we connected and I am so happy that we got a chance to talk today. Me too. I'm sitting here thinking, yes, I have so much to be grateful for. And, and you are definitely a part of that, that I have this show that I get to connect with amazing, beautiful souls like you. And again, we've been talking with Rana Zia, the author of Your Hidden Light, a personal guide to creating your desired life. And I'm grateful for the listeners that, that come back week after week to share these conscious conversations with us, these interesting conversations and tomorrow for the show. And so I hope you've enjoyed it and let us know what you think. Info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Drop by the website, sign up for our newsletter so you'll find out who's coming on future shows. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.